Step inside the Forum, and you enter one of the most expensive pieces of real estate in all the sports. And here in Los Angeles, the evening, all roads lead to the Forum. It is the hottest ticket in sports. Everybody, welcome back. Thank you guys for tuning in, logging on. This is the War Report Radio Series NBA League Pass Podcast Playoff Edition. Another playoff episode for you guys. Only on the War Report Radio Series, man. This is your boy, your gracious host, Jared Adams, tuning in. It's early Tuesday morning. It's about 7 o'clock in the morning. But that's the great thing about podcasts. You can record them anytime you want, put them out anytime you want. It's a recording. Why not? You know what I'm saying? Uh, but we're going to get right into the NBA. Make sure you guys follow me on my social media handles on Twitter, War Report Radio Straight Through, on Instagram, War underscore Report underscore Radio. Now, we are back with another NBA League Pass podcast. We're going to get into the forum side of this a little later, a little headlines a little later. Right now, we're going to give you guys an NBA playoff update. So, since the last time we talked, I think it was around game five ish or after game five rather so we still had game six and game seven to win as far as the portland trailblazers let's talk about that uh the first topic of today's podcast is my trailblazers man we are doing a damn thing right now i might be one of the luckiest individuals in the nba circle um i used to just be a podcast about the nba now yeah I pretty much work for NBA TV and NBA on TNT. Shout out to all the guys. Shout out to all my co-workers, man. Shout out to Ernie Johnson, Shaq. Man, uh, the highlight guys, the editors, all the other loggers. Shout out to the, everybody there who put me on. Eisner, uh, Torrance, man. Shout out to my boy Zay. Shout out to my boy Tate. Shout out to Crimson Valley. Oh, man. So, I'm the Portland logger for this year. I've seen every Portland home game and then some, plus a whole bunch of other different games that I logged uh, that wasn't even necessarily Portland. But, nonetheless, we uh, did survive in advance. We won two straight. We protected home floor game six. Uh, Dame and uh, CJ both had 30 uh, in game six to protect the home floor. And then game seven, CJ put us on his back straight up and down. He uh had the he left the game with 37 points. 37 points, a light 37, plus a whole bunch of daggers and man, he, he really stole the momentum of the game with that chase down block on Jamal Murray. Uh, multiple times where we could have faltered in crunch time where we put the ball in CJ's hands and he said, Look, man, put the ball in my hands. And I'm taking you to the next round. And that's what I like to see out of my guys, man. Straight up and down, man. The boy CJ, he rose to the occasion, man. Dame, he had an off-night shooting. 
but he was there um, pretty much leading. He almost had a triple-double. He, he was uh, two assists shy, I think, of a triple-double. Um, he had a crucial steal in, in uh, three to like really give the the Blazers that commanding like five point lead with the, like within four minutes, so um I'm just very impressed with this team right now. I, I'm I know watching these guys all season, like how could I describe what it's been like? I mean, we've been that tough, resilient team all season, especially at home. We're a dangerous, dangerous team at home. There's been numerous games. I know I said this on previous podcasts, but numerous games over the, the, the course of the season where we have been down eight points, you know what I mean, with five minutes to go at home and we, we get that victory. We've been down four four points with two minutes left and somehow we, we escape with a victory. I mean, this is a tough, resilient team that knows what to do in crunch time. And I think uh, if you have either guard pretty much going off, they could carry the offense for a little while. And everybody else can pretty much chip in, and that goes for CJ and Dame. So uh, I think the Nuggets—they had their opportunities. They definitely had their opportunities, um, even to um, close in Game Six. I think we we really showed up in Game Six, and to to and, and as long as they pretty much kept us in the game in Game Seven, um, was to their detriment. You know what I mean? They had the chance to put us away in Game Seven around the second quarter. We were having a bad shooting night, and they just could not get it done. And because they were not able to get it done, they let us creep into the game. We finally got the lead late uh, in the third quarter with, like, less than a minute left. We, we got a one-point lead, and the rest is history, man. Shout-out to C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard for really stepping up. I think uh, Zach Collins came out of nowhere and at the end of Game 6 and pretty much all of Game 7. Showed his worth as a top 10 pick in the NBA. Uh, I'm not going to lie, Zach Collins. I've watched I've watched the Blazers all season. And Zach Collins has been the guy. He's been the consistent second center off the bench. Uh, pretty much over the depth chart, over Myers Leonard. Which sometimes I didn't always agree with. But I think Terry Stotts sees uh, a growth in the kid Collins. Uh, I, I'm, t- I'm talking years down the line. Like, it's not just necessarily this year as far as why Zach Collins is playing right now. It's really, you know what I mean? I think, I mean, or, or rather in the regular season, I think Terry Stotts was getting Zach Collins ready uh, as that backup center pretty much all year round, even before we got Cantor. And it's starting to really show that Zach Collins can compete. He's a highly skilled player. He's tall. He has great timing on his blocks. Um, and when he's not getting out muscled, you know what I mean, and not hacking everybody on defense, that's that was Zach Collins' problem throughout the regular season. I will say that that he was it was hard to keep him on the floor simply because he couldn't defend anybody. He was fouling every time he got on the floor. This playoffs have been a little bit different. He's going straight up when he when he's challenging shots. He's been a great shot blocking uh, big for us. Uh, he can knock down a three. I think if Zach Collins improves. You know what I mean? And you get Nurkic back next year. You know what I mean? Zach Collins proves maybe can uh, gain that starting four spot over Aminu, Harkless, and one of those guys to the bench. And you you have Zach Collins out there as kind of the stretch four who can knock down shots, protect the rim. Uh, and you got Nurk kind of in there as the muscle. You never know what this Portland Trailblazers team can do. I mean, honestly, especially if KD leaves in uh, free agency, which I'll get to. As far as the Warriors are concerned, but yeah, man, I, I um, 
I think Denver just put too much pressure on themselves. You know what I mean? We are not the Spurs going back into their home floor game seven. You know, that's just a bad recipe if you're going to move on to Western Conference Finals. Two two back-to-back series, game seven on your home floor. You're pretty much pushing it as an inexperienced team. And I think we were able to steal one um, on the road in game seven. Now, uh, since I last spoke, uh, I'm not sure where this Rocket series was headed at, but I think... We were headed into um, game five-ish, I think, around game uh, uh, game five and game six for um, Warriors Warriors Rockets, and I and I touch on that really quickly and who I was really disappointed in. Um, I'm not sure if this Rocket style of play can win anymore. I mean, this was their window, this was their chance, an opportunity to really get one and really. Um, Elevate, you know what I mean? Past the Warriors, they were gonna do any year. It would have been this year. You got the Marcus Cousins out. Uh, Katie left uh, with like eight minutes left in the fourth quarter in Game Five with a strained right calf, and he's also been ruled out for Games One and Two of the Western Conference Finals. Uh, but he might come back in the Western Conference Finals. Just just putting that out there against the Blazers. Um, obviously, the Warriors won and get in in six games, and. Um, You've seen this team really adjust and adapt without KD on the floor, which begs the question, you know, is KD, how valuable really is KD? Um, I know we state that he gets the first first team All-NBA honors over Steph. He's generally regarded as the second best player or the best player in the league over Steph, which I obviously don't agree with. And I've been talking about that amongst my friends and amongst my colleagues, how Steph Curry to me is the second best player still in the game after LeBron James. I think it's pretty clear, you know, and I think, you know, if Katie, if Katie comes, if, if news comes out that Katie's uh, injury isn't exactly a left knee cash, left calf strain and it's something a little bit more serious and we miss Katie for the rest of the, these playoffs, I think we'll see the return of the great Steph Curry. Um, I think Steph Curry has an on switch unlike many guys we've ever seen in the NBA. Let's talk about that. The guy has an on switch where he's able to take it to another gear. Unlike we've really seen in the NBA. We we don't really get to see it as often as we should as NBA fans because KD is right there. He's 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 taking shots away from Steph. You know what I mean? He's pretty much a one-on-one guy who you could toss it to when uh pretty much Steph pretty much and Clay get bored of carrying the Warriors offensively, they know that they got KD there amongst an 82-game season where they can still get their uh, points and in, in their statistics and, and go to All-Star games. But KD is there just for insurance that, look, any of us can have an off night, but we still got KD there with the insurance that KD has us as backups. So if KD is having an off night, then we know it's our time to step up. And they just kind of feed off of each other, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. Um, but it has taken away the great performances from Steph Curry, who, as a point guard, has to facilitate, bring the ball up, and make the first pass. Um, he can't just come down and just be aggressive and shoot it every time. Now, but with KD out, I think Shannon Sharp brought this up on Undisputed. So shout out to Shannon. He, he makes some good points sometimes. But he, he's pointing out that, look, with KD out, Clay and Steph have a total green light. You know what I mean? They're the only two guys that are going to take KD's shots away. So, KD's 20 shots a game. Uh, I know Steph, uh, um, Steve Kerr, rather, he said in the press conference, how do you replace 
you know what I mean, 35 minutes, 28 points, 12 rebounds, and you pretty much divvy up the, the all of the shots that KD would have took, and you give them to Clay and Steph, and pretty much there's no difference. I mean, the Warriors are 30-4 and four without KD. How valuable is KD? I don't really think he's that valuable to this Warriors team. And I, th I think as a result of that, um, people will definitely see that in these conference finals, um, that KD isn't as valuable as people think. I think that even though the Warriors are without KD, even against my Blazers, I will make this announcement on my podcast, you know, because it puts me in an odd position. Here I am rooting for Dame and CJ to possibly advance to the finals. I want to be, you know what I mean, first year at NBA TV, NBA on TNT, and reach the finals, my team. That'll be a pretty cool experience. But at the same time, I think it's time that Steph Curry really show you why he's one of the greatest players of all time. And even on a different level than Dame. So it'll be interesting to see that matchup, the two backcourts. And shout out to my... Uh, Uncle John, a.k.a. the stat guy, I hope he's out there listening somewhere. He mentioned uh, to me as soon as uh, Game 7s were over that uh, KD was the guy that went on C.J. McCollum's podcast and told him, hey, man, you guys will never win a ring. You know you ain't winning a ring this year, C.J., is what KD said. Uh, go join a different team, blah, 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 blah. You get the gist. But KD, you know what I mean, is on the outside looking in pretty much. He can't do anything until he gets back healthy. Um, and C.J. McCollum and Dame Lillard had made it to the Western Conference Finals, something that didn't nobody think that they would do. You know what I mean? I thought that it was a possibility. You know what I mean? Just in case. You know what I mean? Like, it was a possibility in my eyes, you know what I mean, as the three seed. Once we took out the Thunder, people were telling me that we could, we were going to get past the Nuggets. I didn't really see it. I, I, I thought Jokic would be a huge uh, matchup problem for us, which he was, but it just, they just didn't have enough experience to really take us out but this Warriors team they're proven champions I think they have the upper edge in the backcourt with Steph and Clay over CJ and Dame and I'm Portland's logger so I'm just trying to keep it real at all times so I mean who do I see advancing in this series I think I think Warriors in seven Warriors in seven this is going to be a, a tightly niche uh it's either going to be Warriors in seven or Warriors in five you know what I'm saying so um, yeah, man, Warriors in seven or Warriors in five. I think if the Blazers put up a shot, protect their home floor, they might steal one of these first two games. We're good enough to do that. Um, I'm just interested to see Dane versus Steph. Obviously, on this big, big stage, you never know, man. Anything can happen. This NBA, these players are all great pretty much at this stage. If you make it to the conference finals, I mean, you nobody can tell you anything pretty much, man. It's all it's for all the marbles. It's for a chance to go to the finals. Um, with those, with those, you know what I mean, factors right now, anything can happen, man. Anything can happen, but Warriors are the clear favorite, so I'm definitely taking the Warriors in this series to advance. Um, let's talk about the Eastern Conference. So the Raptors, they win game seven off of Kawhi's, um, buzzer beater. The Bucks pretty much had already made the finals, uh, in their conference when the last time I spoke. So it's going to be Bucks versus, um... Raptors, oh no, excuse me, Bucks versus um, Raptors, yeah, yeah, excuse me, Bucks versus Raptors, and um, yeah, what can you say about this, man, Giannis versus Kawhi, uh, pretty much the matchup we all pretty much wanted to see at this point, I mean, the Sixers uh, versus 
versus Bucks would have been nice. I think the Sixers have a more firepower than the Bucks did, and they're a little bit more top heavy. But uh, these are two pretty evenly matched teams. You know what I mean? They both feed up their star. So it'll be interesting to see if Kawhi is able to do the things that he was doing against the Bucks defense and see if the Raptors have an answer for Giannis. You know what I mean? You can put Siakam on them, on Giannis possibly. You could put Serge on them. You could put Kawhi on them, who's a little bit smaller. So you could give Giannis a little bit of different looks. And the Bucks team defenses, these playoffs have been outstanding. I mean, the way they were able to bottle up the Celtics was pretty impressive to me. So uh, I'm still going to take the Raptors. I think Kawhi's experience over Giannis here really shows. I think the Raptors in six is a pretty much a sure bet to me. Um, not to take away anything from Giannis in the Bucks season. I know Giannis had an MVP, MVP level season. And he's playing like the MVP in these playoffs. But um, it's going to come down to some coaching adjustments. You know what I mean? Who could do something? Who could, uh, if the Raptors are able to steal one on the road and that place is going to be pretty much rocking in their home. I think Raptors clearly have the better fan base and the better home field advantage, even though the Bucks are great at home. Um, but I think the Raptors, they have a little bit more talent on their roster that I like. You know what I mean? Danny Green has been to the finals. He's a he's an NBA champion already. Kawhi's an NBA champion already. Uh, Lowry has been to the conference finals before. Serge Ibaka has been to the finals before. Uh, Marcus Saul was a good addition for these guys. I think against the Brook Lopez's of the world, I think I, I take Marcus Saul in that matchup. Um, you just got to worry about Giannis and his ability to spread it to shooters and his ability to drive and kick. But I think if you're able to send bodies at this guy, maybe this is the series that uh, we see somebody with a recipe of how to stop Giannis and uh, prove me right a little bit that Giannis really isn't that guy yet that we all are expecting. I think Kawhi is pretty much at that level of clutch factor, experience, in his prime, not getting any better than what we're going to see. So I definitely think it's going to be a Warriors-Raptors final, which will be pretty interesting, you know what I mean? If people want to say Kawhi is the best player in the game, this is his time to prove it. I don't think Kawhi is the best player in the game. I have him in my top five. And I have Kawhi better at, uh, than Giannis, even though he didn't have he didn't have pretty much the better regular season. But talent wise, I'm going with Kawhi over Giannis. So uh, Warriors Blazers tonight. You know what I mean? It's Tuesday morning as I'm recording this podcast. I'm putting this out ASAP for you guys. Um, it's going to be a lot of threes flying out tonight. You know what I mean? If the game is close, look out for the Blazers to possibly shock the world tonight and get one on the road. You know what I mean? That the Oracle Arena is going to be rocking. Dame is from Oakland, so you know he's coming ready to play and, and bring his A-game in front of his home crowd and all his family members that are going to be in attendance. So, man. Oh, man. Also, real quick, uh, let's get into some headlines before we get into the forum section of the podcast. The NBA Draft Lottery is tonight. It's Tuesday. The NBA Draft Lottery is tonight. We'll get into where I want uh, Zion to be uh, pretty much go to. Um, later on in the forum, but the NBA draft lottery is tonight, so we're gonna know who picks first, second, third, all the way up into pretty much the 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 rest of the lottery in the draft. So that's pretty cool. Uh, that's finally here tonight. Um, other headlines: you got John Bailey, uh, the coach from Michigan. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his uh, name right. I think he's a little bit too old to be coaching in the NBA. That's just me. Uh, 
But the head coach for Michigan in basketball, college basketball, is the new coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. So I'm not sure about that one. Um, interesting hire to me, you know what I mean? Uh, you got Brett Brown coming back to the Philadelphia. Uh, he's not going to get fired from the Sixers. You got the Lakers hiring uh, Frank Vogel as their new head coach, which I thought it was a terrible, terrible move. I think you should have went Mark Jackson. Or even uh, even a combination of Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gunning. I know that those are my two favorite uh, color analysts on playoff basketball right now and on TV, period, for the NBA. But I think Mark Jackson deserved another shot. I think L.A. Lakers, I mean, I know they kind of took, the Lakers kind of took the uh, Warriors pipeline thing before with uh, Luke, Luke Walton and it didn't really pan out too well, but... Mark Jackson, I mean, what does Mark Jackson have to do to get another shot in the NBA? I mean, he pretty much got the Warriors on track to win, to be a dynasty. To be, a, I think the, I think the Warriors would have been a dynasty with or without Steve Kerr. I think Mark Jackson could have easily inserted Draymond one day and found out through analytics that the thing was working out with Draymond on the floor with Clay and Steph. I mean, it didn't really take a, a rocket science, did it? Um, but Mark Jackson, uh, how does he get overlooked here for, for the Lakers head coach? Um, they they hired Frank Vogel, who uh, is, uh, I think, they hiring Frank Vogel. I'm not sure how much they're paying him per year. But uh, he definitely looks like a candidate to be fired midseason. I mean, if you're not built for this L.A. Lakers head coaching gig, you're just not built for it. I don't think he's built for it. I think he gets fired midseason if things don't go well, you know. He he looks like he just seems like the guy that when things aren't going well, you know, the Lakers will throw him under the bus easily and insert his head assistant Jason Kidd as the head coach of the Lakers. So and Jason Kidd has been fired already from the Bucks. Um, as soon as he gets fired from the Bucks, pretty much the Bucks take off. Um, so interesting hire to me, uh, Genie Bus. I mean, gotta. Throw Mark Jackson in there as a clear guy who I think could have helped this Lakers team in this roster and even been able to recruit a guy like Kawhi Leonard or DeMarcus Cousins or Klay Thompson possibly to your franchise. Instead, you pick Frank Vogel. Um, absolutely idiotic move in my opinion. Now, let's get to the forum side of this podcast. The forum is when we go on to online forums and just pick out a few topics that the NBA fans out there go out of their time of day to discuss online already. So these are the pressing topics that NBA fans are talking about online. And we just go to the forum, we pick some topics, and we answer them for you. So the first forum question is, what should the 76ers do in free agency? They got some important moves coming up. I'm not sure if they could keep everybody having looked at their uh, total cap situation. But they might be able to keep everybody and pretty much max out their team. Or I think they're going to have to let one of these guys go. I think Reddick is a free agent. Tobias Harris is a free agent. Uh, Jimmy Butler is a free agent. And it's time to either max out Ben Simmons. I think Joel Embiid is the only one only one guy that's already has a long-term deal done in place. So Embiid is staying. I think there's no way you could give up on Ben Simmons this early. He's only like 22, 20, 23. He's super young. Uh, still super athletic. He's still learning the game. I think... His IQ of the game is so high, he may never be that clutch guy that you need 
but he's always going to be a formidable player and a nightmare uh, nightmare uh, matchup for guys because he can bring the ball up, he can defend, uh, he can pass, he can rebound. Uh, his inside game is going to improve. I think he's athletic enough to like run the wing on the break. So he's pretty much a wing on the break. He's a point guard in the half court, and uh, defensively he's a he's a wing. So I think you keep Simmons. You, you I mean. If Simmons wants the max or he's demanding the max, you pretty much have to max out Simmons. And as far as keeping J.J. Redick or Tobias Harris, I know uh, people are going to say they need J.J. Redick to space the floor. They definitely don't need J.J. Redick at $14 million a year or $15 million a year, causing all that cap casualty. Um, I think he's worth it. I think he's worth it. But if it comes down to only being able to pay, say, Jimmy Butler... Over guys like Redick and Tobias Harris, take Jimmy Butler first. So if anything, if anything happens, you know what I mean. Keep Simmons and keep Butler. At the end of this year, no matter what happens, I don't think JJ Redick is beyond is uh, the be all to a championship team. The be all, you know what I mean. If, if JJ Redick can be replaced, guys. All right, let's not like he's a great shooter, great player, um, but. For his size, you know what I mean? He can't really defend point guards. I mean, he, he's a great shooter that can play off ball. Doesn't really need the ball to score. So, if possible, I will say that you keep J.J. Redick over... You keep J.J. Redick over Tobias Harris. If anybody's walking and say they, they don't have money for, let Tobias Harris walk. I know he was a great get um, in free agency. Now, he's going to be a hard guy to replace, but the way he plays on this team, you know what I mean? He's taking away shots from Embiid and Simmons, I mean, and Simmons and um, Jimmy Butler anyway. I know Tobias Harris is a good player. He's going to be hard to replace. If you can't keep all four guys, keep all four guys and just roll out the same roster next year and try to find that backup point guard that you desperately need. I think the Sixers really need a guy that can break down defenses uh, that's going to be a little bit smaller and, and quicker than Simmons can do it. Um, I know people will say that, oh, you're taking the ball out of Simmons' hands and, and you're not playing to Simmons' strengths. Uh, but they tried to draft this guy in Markel Fultz and he just didn't pan out in, in the NBA. I think if the Sixers had drafted De'Aaron Fox right now, you know what I'm saying, they would have possibly definitely got past the Raptors and be looking to a finals appearance. But that's in hindsight, and that's just pretty much how the NBA goes. But the Sixers are looking for that guard that is, a, is, is uh, can change the, the pace, control the pace of the game, and is kind of slick and still that can move through double teams and split double teams and break down a defense and even uh, get to the cup. And I think that guy was the Aaron Fox. They totally missed the ball on that. Uh, they decided to go with Markel Fultz, who had the up, uh, outside shot, and he just didn't pan out. So, uh, next forum topic, where do you want Zion to land? Um, well, I can tell you where I don't want him to land first. I don't want him to land in uh, Cleveland. I know me and the stat guy talked about that. That'll be a disaster, I think, for NBA fans to have to watch Cleveland get another number one pick this year. That's going to suck. Uh, I, I would love to see him uh, in the New York Knicks uniform, or I would love to see Zion in the Atlanta Hawks uniform. Here and come to play with Trey Young. You know what I mean? That'll be pretty much the icing on the cake. You pretty much got Trey Young as the point guard of the future. And you got Zion as the new face of the franchise. 
Uh, Trey Young is a guy who can really fill up the, uh, the stat sheet, especially in the scoring department. Uh, shoot up a lot of shots. But Zion, you know what I mean? If Zion, we, if, if the Atlanta Hawks get Zion, I think, um, you know what I mean? That'll be like the new Dominique. He's like the new Dominique. If, if the Atlanta Hawks get Zion, that's going to be a guy that's going to get the superstars of Atlanta, uh, like the, the, the athletes of, that are the Falcons players and the um, the rappers and all that stuff they already come to the games to see Trey Young so imagine what the Atlanta Hawks franchise and the Atlanta Hawks fan base will look like if they get Zion I mean he's gonna put the people in the seats no matter where he goes uh, let's talk about if he lands with the Knicks I think those are the two top teams I like to see him on I would like to see Zion also on the Suns I wouldn't be upset if the Suns got the number one pick back to back years to pretty much have their have their franchise pretty much set with three cornerstone play, players. You got Devin Booker, you got DeAndre Ayton, and you got Zion on the wing now to to enter. I think that'll set up the Suns as a new franchise to be on the lookout for. That'll be cool. I I I, I, I like personally. I like when the NBA is kind of rigged a little bit and they give these franchises a chance to compete through the draft. Um, so. I wouldn't be mad to see the Suns get it. Obviously, if the Knicks get it, that creates a pathway of a big three of uh, Zion, Kyrie, and KD, putting a lot of pressure on Zion as a rookie. But uh, or even for him to trade the number one pick for AD and get AD in a Knicks uniform. So um, and get KD there with Kyrie. Who knows? Big three that could be possible if Zion lands in New York. If they get the number one pick, they could trade it. Um, but those are the three teams, man. The Knicks, the Hawks, and the Suns. I'd see I'd like to see Zion on. I think the Hawks, a consolation prize, if they don't get Zion, they at least got to get RJ out of this draft. If they're moving in the right direction or it's going to be slow motion rebuild, if they're moving in the right direction, the Atlanta Hawks, they at least got to get in the top three picks here and, and at least grab RJ. Hopefully, RJ doesn't go with the number two pick, obviously. Um... Also, the Suns, I would like to see John Moran on the Suns as well. I think the Suns really need to get in the top three picks here uh, to, to really submit their, their franchise and, and where their franchise is going. You know what I mean? They're a top three pick away from, you know what I mean, really competing in about two, three years, three, four years maybe. All right, so the last firm topic before I get out of here, uh, who are the top ten players in the game today? And I talked about this real quick on my Instagram or whatever. But, um, yeah, man, who are the top 10 players in the game today? And I, and I wrote them down, you know what I mean? And we're just going to – I'm not really going to debate you guys because I'm talking here by myself. But this is my top 10, guys. Number one, I got LeBron James. I don't give a damn if he missed – he only played 55 games this year. When he was out there with, with Lonzo Ball, I think definitely – if say, say, for example – uh, the Lakers, LeBron never gets injured in, in, in Lonzo State healthy. And the Lakers were still uh, playing right now against the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals with KD out. Could you imagine? Could you, like, the Lakers would make the finals, pretty much. But they didn't. You know what I mean? LeBron got injured. He, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. He's still the best in the game. I think the rest off from this uh, postseason is going to give LeBron all the rest he's going to need, pretty much, to come back next year as the best player in the game. He's still the best player to me. Number two is Steph Curry. I mean, Steph Curry is the most overlooked superstar in the NBA today. 
since KD has joined the Warriors. I mean, they're, they're 30 and 4 without KD for a reason. It's because Steph is the engine. He's the he's the engine behind the entire he's the engine behind the biggest franchise we've seen since the Lakers. You know what I'm saying? With Kobe and Shaq. I mean, he's Steph Curry. Like, how could he not be on your list? Number three, I got KD. Kitty's out right now, but he's proven in this playoffs that he is one of the top three players in the game to me. Number four, I got Kawhi. Kawhi has proven that he could get it done uh, in the past and in the present. And he's super clutch. And he gets buckets and he can defend. Number five, I got Giannis, probably probably the regular season MVP of the league. Um, even though I probably will it's probably a split between him and Harden or who's gonna win it, obviously. I'm not gonna pick size on who's my MVP right now but uh he does it all I'll give it to Giannis he, do, he does it all and he's elite physically he, we haven't seen a physically dominant player like that since maybe Shaq or KG or you know what I mean Duncan or somebody he's a gazelle out there number six I got Harden Harden is uh still in my top 10 even after what I saw in the playoffs he's averaging still like 33 over the playoffs he just doesn't have that intangible factor to just go and get the game when the game is up for grabs number seven i got dame lillard uh, i think he separated himself back-to-back years as first team all nba point guard this year and he's proven it in these uh in these playoffs number eight i got anthony davis from the pelicans still one of the best players all-around players in the game number nine i got kyrie irving uh he had a terrible playoff uh exit uh with the celtics but Kyrie talent-wise is still top 10 to me in the league. And number 10, I got Joel Embiid. So those are my top 10 players right now in the NBA. I think I covered all bases. Uh, that's not your top 10, man. Past the, you know what, past the chronic. Um, but yeah, man, that was the NBA League Pass podcast for today. It's been past that 30-minute mark, so it's time to get up out of here and upload this thing on SoundCloud. Make sure you guys follow me on social media. On Instagram, war underscore report underscore radio. On Twitter, war report radio straight through. I've been your gracious host, man. Thank you guys for listening. Like, subscribe, man. Give me a five-star review. Peace. Signing off.